Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Mark 16, I want to get right into the word. I want to use some examples this morning of, of this just past few days, um, and I want to talk about walking in the supernatural. Amen. We're going to put this, this up here. Walking in the supernatural power of God. How many would like to walk in the supernatural power of God? Amen. And, and if you don't now, you will want to by the time we get this service over. I'm done. That's, that's, that's what God wants for us. Um, it, was anybody Saturday, uh, Thursday, I should say, anybody Thursday between 12 and 2-ish uh, praying for me? One, two, three, four, okay, many hands. Let me, let me just lead this off about how the supernatural works. I want to give you some examples. I nodded off at least four or five times and fell asleep driving Thursday at that time. And so you were praying for me, and we were waking me back up. Several times I woke up and realized I had fallen asleep. I had Pastor Dwayne in the car with me. I had Jose in the truck with me. And uh, I, knew, I knew I should have pulled over, um, and, but, but your prayers kept me. See, that's the supernatural power of God that he was speaking to you to pray for me so that I could be here to preach to you this morning. And not, not already in heaven, although I'd be all right with that. But the, the, the ride to heaven would not have been quite so fun. And you think about the grace of God when you're driving in New Mexico. There's about an hour and a half strip where it's just two lanes and you're thinking, you know, there's nothing between me and the other lane and the 75-mile-an-hour semi. And how many times I could have easily just drifted right over and killed all of us. So I wasn't being reckless, please understand that, but we only got three hours of sleep that morning and I had to get there to preach. So God's grace is sufficient. But I said that because of the prayers of people who were led to pray at those hours. And, and that is a lead-in about how how we can all experience the supernatural. How many would believe with me, maybe you don't now, but hopefully you will by the time the service is over, that, that God wants us to expect the supernatural. That he wants it to be the usual and not the unusual. That he wants the supernatural power of God to be natural. Because we serve a God who is supernatural. And the Bible says that we have his power. And we're going to see that in the scriptures here this morning. I was also thinking about how I, I my life, have, have, have somehow kind of taken for granted, not on purpose, that how God can use me in, in my walk with God just as he can use you to be used to, to make a difference in, in, in the life of somebody else and hear his voice. What a miracle that the God who said, let there be light, could speak to me. How many have ever had God speak to you and say, pray for somebody? And someone's come onto your heart and pray for this person. When, when God says that, pray for them right then. Pray for them right then at that moment. Don't say, well, I'll do that when I get off work. or Because there's an urgency happening, which I'm going to talk about in a second. But uh, I got to this, to this conference, and, and as you know, last Sunday I preached on loving like Jesus. How many got something from that message last week? And how many were challenged by that? We all... Our, our need to love more, like Jesus. And so that, that message was on my heart, and I preached it. And then when I got done, as this happens many times, if I'm going to go preach somewhere else in a revival or this time in a conference, sometimes, not always, 
the Holy Spirit will tell me, I want you to preach that again. I want that message to go to Colorado. And so I went to Chris and I said, don't put this up on the, on the podcast. That's the bad part about having a podcast is, is, is it, once you preach something, it's out there and, and other people can hear it before you get to present it to them fresh. And so I said, don't put it on the podcast. And so I said, I felt unless the Holy Spirit changes, I'm going to preach this at this, at this conference, at this rally Thursday night. So I did. And Colorado Springs is about 700 miles away. And so as I'm preaching this message and as I'm preparing this message and, and, and the Holy Spirit's dealing with me to preach that message on Thursday night, I get done preaching. God moves. There's a great, I mean, it, it's been, it's, it may have been the most people I've ever seen get saved at, at a service there. It, it, the altars were full. I didn't even ask people like I normally do to, uh, to stand. And then those that raised their hands to come, they came. They just came to the altar, and they were just, it was just full of salvations and people giving their lives to Jesus, and, and God really moved and broke people and everything. So I get done, and Pastor Marshall, who's preaching the next morning, comes and says, you just preached my message. You just used all my verses. He said, everything you just said is what I was going to preach. And, I said, and then Pastor Paul comes to me and says, you're going to laugh tomorrow night when I preach my message, because you just preached a lot of it. And isn't that amazing how... Three people can be 700 miles away. And the Holy Spirit, you know there's a lot of verses in the Bible. It wasn't a coincidence, or maybe it was a coincidence that we spoke the same verses. But see, that's the supernatural power of God. So I want to read a story that I think will really bless you, a true story. Uh, being a missionary uh, in my life with my wife and my, and my daughters is always, uh, I have an extra special heart for anybody who's, who's been a missionary. So this man is telling this story as he's on furlough. And the reason I asked if you ever have someone, have had somebody on your heart to pray for, this is why it's so important that you pray at that moment. As many of you did between 12 and 2 for me. Or otherwise we might be doing a funeral this morning instead of a service. Amen. That's just the truth. I'm just being real. Amen. But like I said, I'd have been okay with that. Just being selfish. I'd have been okay with that. Amen. I was talking to this, this man in our home church who Last year, his wife passed away on Mother's Day. It's three girls. His name's Nacho. Pastor Kirk knows who I'm talking about. And devastating. But you know what I told him? It's the truth. I said, it was a gift for her. She had the best Mother's Day of her life, amen, that she got to go be with Jesus. Does anybody love Jesus? Does anybody want to go see him? Amen. You're like, just not in a semi-truck accident, amen. That's not that way. So this missionary is on furlough, and furlough is a sabbatical. Sabbatical is where you've been on the mission field, and you're coming back to get more finances or to get rest or to get recuperated, to go back out. Uh, and, 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 and again, supernatural power of God. Uh, about 2005, I was asking Carl, I think around there, um, Pastor Jones, my pastor, uh, heard from God. And, and called me and said, I want you to come home for three months because we had been there for uh, seven years and I was literally just going crazy. I was really, really needing a break and, and, I, didn't, and I just was hitting my head against the wall and we were really struggling. And he just heard from God and he brought us home. He said, Pastor Dustin's going to go take your place in, in, the, in the church in Costa Rica and you're going to come here. You'll live in his house. They'll live in your house and you're just going to switch places. And, and when we got back, man, he, they just said, you're not doing anything. You just be here and just relax. How many know Colorado Springs is a nice place to relax? 
So we took those three months and we just walked and hiked and went to different places and just rested. So furlough is what that is, where you get a chance to relax and refocus. And that, was, that allowed us to go back and just really go back with a whole new energy to finish up those, the last three years to make 10 years as missionaries. So this man is on furlough. He's at his home church and he's telling this story in Michigan. While serving at a small field hospital in Africa, every two weeks, the missionary says, I traveled by bicycle through the jungle to a nearby city for supplies. This was a journey of two days and required camping overnight at the halfway point. And reading this makes me feel like not much of a missionary because I had a car. One of those journeys, I arrived in the city where I planned to collect money from a bank, go purchase the medicine and supplies, and then begin my two-day journey back to the field hospital. Upon arrival in the city, I observed two men fighting, one who had been seriously injured. So I treated the man who had been seriously injured for his injuries and at the same time shared my faith in the Lord with him. I then traveled my two days, camped overnight, and arrived back home without any problems. Two weeks later, I repeated my journey. As I arrived in the city, I was approached by a young, the young man that I had treated. I remembered him. He told me that he had known that I carried money and medicine and supplies with me. And he said, me and some of my friends followed you into the jungle, knowing that you would camp overnight. We had planned to kill you, take your money, and take your supplies. But just as we were about to move into your camp, we saw that you were surrounded by 26 armed guards. Come on, somebody. At this, the missionary says, I laughed and said I was certainly all by myself at the campsite. The young man pressed the point and said, no, sir, I was not the only person to see the guards. All five of my friends saw them, and we counted them. There was 26 guards around you. Because we saw this, uh, we, we ran away. At this point in the message of the missionary telling this story, a man jumps up and says, uh, Sir, I, I, can I ask you a question? Which is very rare, right? He says, What day was that? What was the date? The missionary tells him the date, the exact date. And as he tells the date, he says, On the night of your incident in Africa, it was morning here in Michigan. I was preparing to play golf. I was about to putt. When I felt an urge to pray for you, he said the urge was so strong that I left the golf course and called some men in my church to meet me at the church to intercede for you at the urging of the Lord. He said, I would like all of the men who were with me that day to stand up. As the men began to stand up all around the church, the missionary began to count how many men stood up. Guess how many men stood up in that church? 26 men stood up in that church that had gone and prayed for that man that night that would have lost his life. That's the supernatural power of God. It's unexplainable. How many want to live a life that's unexplainable? How many want to see things that are unexplainable that you can't, you can't make sense of, but you just say it's God? You know that God is more eager for us to ask than we are to ask. He's more eager to answer than we are to ask. He, he's, he's got all this untapped power, and he wants to use it with somebody. But just as the, the sister said so powerfully, I believe your word. 
God is looking, as Pauline said, God is looking for someone to believe them at their word. Amen? And God is looking for some men and women in this place this morning who don't just want to talk about it or hear about it, but they want to walk in the supernatural power of God. Do I have anybody in here who wants to walk in the supernatural power of God? You know, there's a lot of people in the world who are, who are getting into black magic, white magic, sorcery, witchcraft, uh, voodoo, all kinds of different uh, incantations and things because they want to experience power. Yet we have a, you know, people watch these superhero movies. Did you know that we, we have the greatest superhero ever? And he's a real superhero. And he has power that we can have in our lives, amen? And we can be better than the Avengers. Can you say amen? We have that power. And, and, and the church needs to mobilize, not in the words that we have in our mouths, but in the demonstration of God's power. And he wants us to be used by him. So I want to show you something here in Mark 16, if you would, because here's the mentality that we have that's erroneous in the church. Now, I'm standing up here on the platform, and you're all looking at me, and so that kind of gives us the wrong setting or understanding of church, because this is necessary, this is the teaching ground. This is where we're coming to learn and to, to be discipled. And we need disciples. We need to be discipled. Can you say amen? I look at a lot of people in the world today and I say they're not discipled. They haven't learned how to walk in the walk of God. They haven't learned how to use the word of God. So we need this setting. But because you're all looking at me and I'm on a platform and I'm preaching, we sometimes tend to have the mentality of the gospel being go pastor, go evangelist, Go Sunday school teacher, go praise team member, go usher, whatever, whoever's serving and ministering. We, we just tend to have that mentality. But let's, let's go to God's word and see what God's word says about the gospel. It says in Mark 16, 14, later he appeared to the eleven as they sat at the table. This is after he had resurrected from the, Lord, from the, from the dead. And watch what he does. He rebuked them for their unbelief. So we'll just take a second here and, and, and jump on, on Jesus' words here and we'll just be rebuked this morning that we don't believe enough in the supernatural power of God. Because if we did, we'd be walking in it more. And, and those kind of miracles are, should be the norm. They shouldn't be wow. And we should be wowed by them, but they should be, they should be normal. Healing should be normal. Marriages restored should be normal. People getting saved should be normal. Life-changing situations should be the normal. Supernatural things should be natural because we serve a supernatural God. So he says, I, I'm just going to rebuke you for your hardness of heart because I told you I was going to come back from the dead and you didn't believe me. So he rebukes them. But here's how great God is. Instead of rebuking them and saying, now, because you failed, I'm going to go choose 12 other guys. He didn't do that. I'm going to be thankful for God giving you a second chance and a third chance and a 20th chance, maybe a 50th chance. I don't know what chance you're on, but thank God he gives us more chances. And he, didn't, he rebuked them and said, listen, you should have believed, but you didn't. But watch this. I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to let you go change the world. So he says, because they hadn't seen him. Watch what the next verse says. 15. And he said, go. Say go. Go, go is three words of God's name. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. That's the great commission. But here's, here's what we do. Stay there for a second. We, we look at that and we go, okay, go. And that's where we go, go, pastor. Go, missionary. Go, evangelist. 
go person that's been saved a long time. We do that. We do that without you knowing. Maybe you don't know, but you do that. We, do, we, we are like, yeah, go. I was doing that the day that I got called to go to Costa Rica. I was doing that. I was sitting in the church listening to a friend of mine named Stacy Brankle tell the church he was going to go to Costa Rica to learn Spanish. And I was sitting there where you're at going, go, Stacy, Go to Costa Rica. And then the Holy Spirit spoke through my grandparents and my aunt and uncle and said, Blake, we want you to go. And I was like, no, I don't want to go. Right? But then I said, okay, I'll go. That's what we do. We, we go, go, somebody else. That's what we do. We push it off to somebody else. Let somebody else do that. But, but here, watch what, the, watch what the Bible says. He, God doesn't let us do that. Watch what it says in the next verse. And so here's, here's who's supposed to go. He who believes. How many believe that Jesus died on the cross for your sins? How many believe that he rose from the dead? I see lots of hands raised. Okay? That means that you're the one that's supposed to go. Watch what he says. He who believes and is baptized, you already raised your hands, too late, will be saved. But he who does not believe will be condemned. Now watch this. Watch, not only does he say go and we're saved because we believe in him, but then, then watch what he does. And these signs will follow those who are pastors and evangelists and praise team members and ushers and, doesn't say that? Will follow those who believe, which is all of you that raised your hand. In my name, in the name of Jesus, they will, they will, they is the evangelists and the pastors and the Sunday school teachers and who's they? Y'all. Y'all. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Now, we're not talking about bringing the snakes in. Like some of them crazy churches do, right? Where they bring the snakes in. How many hate snakes in here? Like I, I, that would be, I, my religion would be over if that was the case. Like I'm not looking for them. So we're not talking about bringing the snakes in. This is if you run into a snake. If you drink something deadly, it won't hurt you. They will lay, again, remember, the, they, the pastors, the evangelists, the Sunday school teachers, the, they will lay their hands on the sick. Put your hands up like this. Look at them for a second. And whether you believe it or not, God's word is telling you that your hands can heal the sick people. Yours. And mine. Come on, is somebody, will somebody believe that with me? Am I reading the Bible? Did, does it say here at the end, somewhere, have we seen anywhere, that this is for, for, the, for that first 50 years? Okay, watch what it continues on to say. So then, after the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And that's not the end of the story. Then they went out and preached everywhere. Watch this. This is very important. The Lord working with them, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Father, I pray for a few minutes that you would speak not to me or to somebody else, but to everybody. Every single person in here would have a revelation this morning that we, they can walk in the supernatural. That it is your will, is your desire 
for the church of Jesus Christ, the believers, God, to stand up and be used in the supernatural things of God. And if we would do that, Father, we would see this city change, this world change for your glory. Lord, speak to us and remove every doubt and fear and confirm your word this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now, we're not done yet. So he gives them this, 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 this commission and he says, go. And he's talking to the disciples. But he, he, he says something that they're lacking and that they need. Now, how many know the disciples were there all the time? And they believed, but they didn't believe as good as we do because we believe without seeing Jesus. None of us have seen him or touched his hands or his side, but we believe. And Jesus said some words that I love. He said, blessed are they who will believe in me who have not seen me. So we're more blessed than the disciples. So he ascends into heaven, but before he ascends into heaven, this is something that should sober us and, and, and humble us to realize that God, the creator of the universe, chose and still chooses to change the world through us. Amen. Through the Avengers. Amen. Amen, the real Avengers. Amen. Not a movie. He chose to use us to change the world. People, human people that make mistakes and, and have failures and, and, and have pasts. He says, I'm, this is the way I'm doing it. Whether you like it or not, I'm going to use people. How many have realized that? Whether we like it or not, he's using people. And whether he uses us or not, he's going to get it done. So how many would like to just jump in and say, I'm going to be a part of this so that I can be a part of the team that wins? Amen. I'm just going to be a part of it. Amen. I'm going to jump in and get on board. Luke 24, watch this, verse 49, really important verse here. Luke 24, verse 49. We're going to read it in the New King James, which is what I use the most. And then I'm going to read it in a different, in a different uh, translation, but watch this. Here's Jesus' words. Again, we should, we should be like this when Jesus is speaking. He says, behold, I'm going to send the promise of my Father upon you. That's a very key word, upon you. Okay. When we think of the, of the word upon, it's like something being placed on us. So the disciples, before they went to the upper room, they, they didn't have the Holy Spirit upon them. It had, it had to come upon them. So it's like my jacket's off, and when I put it on, it comes upon me. Okay? So it's something that comes from above. It's not something that comes in this way. It's something that comes from above because you always see the word upon. Okay? So he says, behold, I will send the promise of my Father upon you. But here's the key. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. How many believe in the Trinity here this morning? In the, we see that in the Bible, that in the Old Testament, God the Father is, is mostly seen. And then we see in the New Testament, God the Son comes on the picture as, as God in the flesh. And we see what he does on the cross. And then the third part is now that God the Holy Spirit comes. That's who we have today. What you feel in here this morning, right now, what's speaking to you right now is the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit. And he is what has been operating in the church for the last 2,000 years. But why isn't the world changed? Why isn't the world changed then if, 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 if we believe this? Because the church is not walking in the supernatural. We're trying to do too much in our own power. And God wants the church, which is, again, not the, not the, 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 the pastor, the evangelist, the Sunday school teachers. It's you. You may be one of those, but it's you, whether you are or not. It's all of us. And he says, I want you to go and wait so that it will come upon you, okay, upon you, like me putting this jacket on, upon me. Now it's on me. 
It's going to come upon me, but i got to wait for it, he said. He said, I want you to wait for it in the city of Jerusalem until, that's an important word, you are endued with power from on high. Now let's look at this in the Living Bible. This is a really cool translation. I like this because it really breaks it down. So let's read the same verse. It says, now, this is Jesus speaking, I will send the Holy Spirit upon you. So we see that again. Just as my Father promised. Does anybody believe the promises of God? He can't break his promises. They'll come to pass. So it's just as my Father promised, it's coming. Now watch this. This is important. Don't begin to tell others yet. I love this translation. Don't begin to tell. So here's what we're doing today. Without the power of the Holy Spirit evident in our lives, without the filling of the Holy Spirit, without the fullness of the Holy Spirit, we are trying to change the world with our words. He says, don't go tell people yet. Stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from on high. That's what we need this morning. We need to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit if we want to be effective, which I believe every single one of us do. Okay, how many are with me? And so we see in the Bible what that means. We see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, that, they, that Jesus says, here's why I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, how many are seeing here, as we go into this verse and the one we just looked at, that Jesus is distinguishing something necessary that is a different experience than salvation? Is anybody seeing that? He's talking to disciples who believe. He's talking to to disciples who walked with him. And he's talking to those who are going to be in the upper room who choose to be there that, that needs something that is greater than just the understanding that Jesus came to die on the cross for their sins. There is a power that we need. When we're trying to operate, I can tell you this from my life, when I try to operate in my own power, nothing happens. When I see God move, when I see a miracle, when I see a change, when I see something supernatural happen, it's when I'm the most removed from the situation and I'm the most giving God that situation and God is moving. He's moving through me and for me, but it's not me. And the more I've preached and the older I've gotten, the less I rely on me. It's very, it's very uh, easy. It gets easier instead of harder. I used to get up and, oh, God, let me say these things the right way. And, let me, and I used to just, just man, I used to, now, I just say, now I just pray. And I say, Lord, when I get up there, I'm going to trust you to speak through me, and I'm going to let your word do what it can do, and I'm going to let fruit come from it, and it's all about you. And I didn't, it's not like I was trying to do it on my own in the first place. I just didn't know any different. So the disciples were like, we're going to change the world in our own way. And Jesus said, I can't have you do that. I need, to, I need y'all to go change the world, but I need you to do it my way. So there's something else, okay? So he says, here's why I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit, and here's the word again, comes upon you. We've already seen that three times. And you will be my. That's why he wants us to have the power of the Holy Spirit. So we witness. How did the gospel get here? People witnessed. How did the gospel get out of Jerusalem? People witnessed. People shared their faith. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. Now watch this. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem and throughout Judea and in Samaria. And period, that's all we need. I'm reading it wrong today. 
What does it say? Do you realize that we're the ends of the earth? Because we're about as far away from Jerusalem as you can get. That's us. We're the ends of the earth. But see, a lot of people teach today that that was just for them. We don't need that today. How many, how many agree with me that I need it more today than they did then? I'm 2,000 years removed from it. How am I going to witness in my own words, in my own power? I need Jesus' power. I need the power of the Holy Spirit. So he said there on purpose, it's going to start here in Jerusalem, then it's going to go to Judea, then it's going to go to Samaria, and it's going to go to the ends of the earth. So it's not going to stop. It's going to keep going. Amen. Then we see what actually happens. Acts chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. Watch this. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all in one accord, in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And watch this. It filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of ice. Have you ever seen anybody chasing an ice truck? Not ice cream. I'll chase an ice cream truck a long ways. But ice trucks aren't, ex- now unless we're in the middle of summer in Texas and it's been 50 straight days over 100, then we might chase the ice truck. But in general, what do people chase? Fire trucks. Because there's a fire. And people for some reason like to see fires. And so he says, he says, I'm going to, wait, we got to back that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. Remember when Jesus said, John baptized you in water, but you'll be baptized soon in the power of the Holy Spirit and fire. Fire. And it sat upon a few of them. Each of them. Which means all. Then there appeared to them, oh sorry, next verse. And they, a few of them, were filled with the Holy Spirit. And the pastors, the evangelists, the Sunday school teachers, the workers, the praise team began to speak with other tongues. All. Here's the interesting thing. How many people were in that upper room? 120. How many people did Jesus appear to? Over 500. Some people say, do I, have to, do I have to be used by God? Do I have to pray for the sick? Do I have to speak in tongues? Do I? No, I say you get to. You get to. Like why would you want to, if, if I was going to give you a car or a vehicle, why would you take the vehicle that you have to roll the window up? With your hands and, 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 and no AC. And, and has anybody ever driven a car with no power steering? And then you drove one with power steering? Whoo, what a difference. Anti-like brakes, cold AC, sunroof, tinted windows, a nice system. Like if I was going to give you two cars, who in their right mind would take the one with none of those extras? Why wouldn't you take the car with full extras? See, the power of the Holy Spirit is like walking as a Christian with all the full extras of God. Air conditioning, sunroof, good sound system, analog brakes, power steering, heated seats, air seats. All those things that a lot of us don't have in our cars. Are you with me? See, this isn't a salvation thing. Walking in the supernatural power of God is not a salvation thing. But here, watch this. It's not a salvation thing. But it's going to affect, if you don't walk in the power of the Holy Spirit and the demonstration of the Holy Spirit and the supernatural of the Holy Spirit, it's going to affect what you were supposed to do for heaven. I'm going to come over here and say it's to this side. I think they got it. 
not a salvation thing. If you don't get filled with the Holy Spirit and the fullness of God and you don't walk in the supernatural power of God, it's not going to keep you from going to heaven. But it's going to affect what you are supposed to do for heaven. That's a fact. So we need, say, I need the power of the Holy Spirit. So the Bible says that they... They began to speak in tongues as the, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now, here's something interesting. I'm beginning to close. Go to John chapter 20. John chapter 20. How many are getting something from this? I hope inside of you something stirring that's wanting you to be more used in the power of the Holy Spirit and, and, and see God use you to walk in the supernatural. Here's an interesting teaching. We see here in John, let me read this first, chapter 22. It says, when he had said this, this is again him appearing to them after he had risen from the dead. He showed them his hands and his side. And the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. How many would be glad? I would too. So Jesus said to them again, again, again means he has already said it. Peace to you as the Father has sent me. Watch this. I send you. He was talking to the disciples. And then the disciples sent someone else. And then someone else sent them, and then they sent someone else, and I don't know how many times that happened, and then someone sent you. And here we are in 2019. And that had to happen through, through the power of God, okay? And when he said this, watch this, he breathed on them. Got to get, get my hand over here, right? He breathed. Did you hear that? He breathed on them. The power of God. This is interesting. And said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Okay, this was ten disciples. Thomas wasn't there because he's the doubter, remember? But how many of those ten disciples, stay with me, how many of those ten disciples were in the upper room? They had to go receive something else. See, what Jesus was doing here was he was giving them a, a feeling of what it was going to be like to be filled with the power of God. That they had never felt. They'd walked with him for three years and all of a sudden, the breath of God comes into him. And he says, now I need you to go wait for the promise because I'm going to pour this out on you so that you can change the world. And, and God wants to breathe into us. The same word that's in that verse is, is back in Genesis when he breathed into dust and formed Adam. When the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. When the, when the Spirit of God receded the waters after the flood. That same wind that blew Elijah up into heaven. That same wind that blew through the, it later on would blow through the upper room. Is the wind of the Holy Spirit. But there's something that God is saying that is distinct and different from the, from the indwelling of the Holy Spirit when I accept Jesus Christ into my life. He says, if you're going to be effective, you need more. You need more. You need all the power of the Holy Spirit. Somebody say, there's more. Let me ask you this question as I close. And we're going to look at Acts 19 if you'd go to the last verse. Let me ask you a question. Why doesn't everybody walk in the supernatural? Haven't we clarified by the verses that I've read that we should all be walking in the supernatural? It, it, I didn't see anything there where it said certain people. It said he or she who believes. 
In my name, these signs will follow. So he's, he, and he goes on to say later that he's no, he's no respecter of persons, neither Greek nor Jew, male or female. He wants, he'll use us all. But why don't we all walk in the supernatural? Why don't we all walk in the total fullness of the power of God? That, that's the question. Well, the answer is in Acts 19. And right before we read it, we, we know that after the book of Acts, uh, Peter goes out and preaches this amazing message. And, and does anybody notice a difference in Peter from after the upper room and before? It's interesting because this same Peter who comes out and boldly preaches, repent and get saved. And the Bible says 5,000 people get saved that day. Is the same Peter who denied Jesus three times and the third time to a 12-year-old girl. My question is, what was he lacking? What was the difference? The power of the Holy Spirit. Why would he be afraid to, to say, I'm with Jesus, to a 12-year-old girl, and a, and a few weeks later, go and preach to the whole world boldly and get him saved? Because now he's walking in the supernatural. Now he's walking in the power of God. Different Peter. And then they go preaching and people are getting saved daily and adding to the church and people are being changed. Then Paul gets saved, who was Saul, and he begins to preach. And, and now they're going to city to city and then it gets all the way to Ephesus. And how many know walking distance is a lot different than ours today? I drove 700 miles yesterday in one day. Can you imagine how long it would have taken them to go 700 miles? Weeks and months. So lots of time has passed. This is a totally different city. Watch this what happens. This is not, this is not uh, just a few days, weeks, or months later after the disciples have received this. This is now disciples who were not saved. Watch this. Who were not saved when Jesus rose from the dead. This is time past. And watch what happens in verse 1. And it happened. While Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus and finding, look at this, finding some disciples. This is an interesting question. Can you imagine if I walked up to you this morning and, and, I, and I came and, and I'm just going to do this to Donnie and say, hey, nice to meet you. Have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? Can you imagine that being your opening line to somebody? Try that today. Go to lunch or go somewhere and, and just... Go up, I'm going to do that. If I go eat somewhere, I'm going to tell the waiter, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? That's my opening line. Right? See what happens. Paul, Paul didn't say, hey, how's the work? How's things? He goes, he goes is, I'm, I mean, y'all looking at it? Have you been baptized? Sorry, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? I asked you a second ago, how come everybody's not walking in the supernatural? Here's the answer. Watch what goes on to say. They said to him, back, back it up one. They said to him, we have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. How many churches could be working the gospel today without the Holy Spirit? Possibly many. Because these men had been saved and when you see the word disciple, it didn't say believer, it said disciple, which means they were now walking in the teachings of Jesus. And Paul says, Paul has an emphasis way over in Ephesus. 
He says, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit since you believed? How many know that he's putting an emphasis on this? He is saying, this is very important, so I'm asking you. And they go on to say, for time, they go on to say, you can read it later, they go on to say, uh, we've been baptized, in, we've been water. And he says, in what name? And it's Jesus. And then they get baptized in the name of Jesus. And then, and then he goes on to say, and he lay, the Bible says, he lays his hands on them. And they begin to speak in tongues and prophesy. So a lot of people, for example, if I say, we're going to pray for Pauline and she's going to get her knee healed, a lot of people don't have much of a problem with that. But if I start saying, you know, I, last week I was praying for someone and they had a demon because some people in the Church of America have never seen a demon that they know is a demon. Because <laughs> they've definitely seen them. I've seen them. I've cast them out. It's authority in the name of Jesus. Power in the name of Jesus. And, but, so, so ah, demons, eh. But we'll watch horror movies all day long. That's why I don't watch horror movies. Because I've, I've lived that movie. I've seen that demon stare me face to face. I don't need to watch a horror movie. Y'all, y'all here still? But then we say tongues. Oh, that's they, they said tongues in church today. Tongues. If I started speaking right now in Swahili, in the few words I know, habari yako, buena sefiwe. If I start saying, or if I start speaking in Spanish, como están, Dios está aquí, la presencia de Dios está aquí, el poder de Dios está aquí. Those that understand me are like, yeah. And the other one's like, that's weird. <laughs> Why is it weird that a person would speak in another tongue if tongues are from God? But the, the tongue that God gives you when you get filled with the Holy Spirit is a tongue the devil can't understand. A devil can't understand it. And it's what separates us. It's, I'll tell you what, for me personally, as I close this morning, this is what has gotten me to this place. I'd have, I'd have lost it a long time ago without the power of the Holy Spirit. Times when you don't know what to pray and you pray in the Spirit. And the Bible says your Spirit prays for you with utterances that cannot be understood. Paul was putting an emphasis on this. He says, listen, have you been baptized since you believed? It's important. And I'm not putting an emphasis this morning just on tongues. I'm putting emphasis on the power of the Holy Spirit. But what I see in the Bible is that the, 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 the speaking in tongues is a evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because you saw it every single time that, that it happened. So today, I want to pray for people that want to be walking in the power of God, in a demonstration of the power of God. Because let me tell you something, whether you know it or not, you have a call. God has a call in your life to touch people, to tell people about Jesus, to, to, to change the world. You have a call. Stop looking around and saying, they'll do it. Stop looking around and saying, he'll do it, she'll do it. Start saying, Lord, I'll do it. I'm going to step out of my comfort zone and I'm going to start believing in the supernatural. And you'll be amazed at what God will speak to you. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word this morning. I pray and feel that there's been revelation this morning. Something quickened that man to pray for that guy in Africa and call those other men and, 
and do that supernatural miracle. Something quickened my spirit to speak on love this week, and two other pastors had the same scriptures. Something quickened people to pray for me on Thursday when the devil was trying to take me out and sleeping on a trip. Somebody's being spoken to right now to pray for somebody. Somebody's being spoken to right now to begin to open their mouth outside of this church and witness and share their faith and tell others about what Jesus has done for them. But God, we cannot do this. Paul said, I'm not doing this with the eloquence of my speech, but a demonstration of the power of the living God. Lord, this world is not going to change by our words. It's going to change by your power. And Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is in this place this morning. Before we close, how many in this place with head bowed and eyes closed all over this place as the Holy Spirit of God is ministering and speaking could be honest with God and say, Pastor, I have never accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I have not been born again. I have not put my faith that Jesus Christ took my place on the cross and became cursed for me after living a perfect life because no matter how good you are in this place this morning, the Bible says your goodness, your righteousness is filthy rags. No one will ever be good enough. No one will ever be in the standard of a holy God to be able to stand before him without Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes unto the Father but through me. And this morning, if you have not said that prayer, you need to give Jesus your life because your destiny can change today. How many would say, Pastor, I've never done that? Would you pray for me? Just lift your hand up and put it right back down all over this place. That's me. All over this place. That's me. I've never said that prayer. Today's the day I'm going to do it. Today's the day I'm going to put my faith in Jesus. I'm going to make sure that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. If you're saved this morning, if you're here and you believe that, because I had you raise your hands at the beginning, lots of hands went up, I believe, then now why don't you let God demonstrate his power through you? It's not about standing in a pulpit. It's not about, uh, about being, having a name or a title. It's about letting God use you to touch somebody else's life, maybe with a word. Maybe God could speak a word through you about somebody that there's no way that you could know what it is, but he speaks a word of knowledge through you. And they said, how would you know that? And you say, it's God. Maybe God could use you at work or at school, or at the store where someone says, I'm dealing with something, and you say, let's pray right now. And you pray for them, and their body begins to get healed in the name of Jesus. And they say, how did that happen? You say, because God is real. What would happen if those 12 men changed the world? What could we do to Denton, Texas this morning if we would begin to rise up and walk in the supernatural power of God? We're going to sing a song this morning. I want to ask everybody to stand. We're closing. We're almost done. This is an important part of the service because just as Jesus, stay with me here, just as Jesus said to his disciples there, I need you to go and wait for the promise. You'll be filled with power from on high. I need you to go and, and, and be in that place. I'm going to fill you up. We, we come to an altar at a church and we say, God, I need to be filled with the power of God. I need to decrease so that God will increase in my life. I need to humble myself 
And, and maybe you're here this morning and you've never, you're, you're, you're one of those disciples at Ephesus. You don't even know what the Holy Spirit is. Well, I hope by God's grace I have presented the Holy Spirit to you this morning through his word. I hope by God's grace that you realize this morning that there's more than your faith in Jesus and just walking, that there's actually a power that can, that can live through you, that can breathe through you, that will change people's lives. Has anybody ever had the desire that someone would come up to you and say, you have something I don't have. Has anybody ever had that desire? Someone would say, I don't know what it is about you, but there's something you have I don't have, and I want it. I can tell you it hasn't happened enough because I wish it happened more often, but I've had people say that to me, and there's nothing greater in the world than to have somebody say that they, they want something that I have. And, and just like Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. It wasn't about what Peter had in his pocket. It was the fa- about the fact that if Peter gave him money, he was going to be hungry tomorrow. The wor- we we got to stop giving the world stuff that's going to make them hungry tomorrow. Jesus said, if, if you drink of this well, you'll thirst no more. You'll hunger no more. How many know, how many know we've got a Jesus that can change the world, but we've got to use his power to get it to him? We're going to begin to sing a song. If the Lord touches your heart and you want to be filled, you want more, you want to touch, you want prayer, the altars are going to be open. Maybe you've never been baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. You want to be baptized this morning in the Holy Spirit like they did in the book of Acts 19. Come forward and just pray. No one has to lay their hands on you. No one has to pray for you. God does that. That's not me. I'm not the giver. God is. As we begin to sing this song, the altars are going to be open. Maybe you need prayer for healing in your body. I don't know what you need this morning, but I'm, I'm hoping that one person walks out of this church this morning and says, I'm about to start walking in the supernatural power of God. Amen? The altars are open this morning for anybody who wants to come. He's a- Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.